Welcome to A Competitive Couple, a podcast where we cover great games to play on your tabletop as a twosome. I'm Charlotte Collins and with me is Jamie Chad. Good afternoon. Or whatever time of day that you choose to listen to this podcast. Yes, I mean good afternoon to you and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good night to our listeners. Yeah. So coming up in today's episode, today's episode is kind of loosely themed about themes, sort of a kind of meta a meta theme meta theme in itself so in our kind of little first impression segment we'll be talking about a couple of space themed games and for one week only gullible gamer is reversed uh can jamie work out the fake monopoly theme in the lineup who knows i'm excited maybe not and then we'll also round out the episode with a discussion about theme so what kind of themes that we're personally interested in what ones we kind of find a bit off-putting whether mechanics are more important than theme yeah i mean yeah when i took my car to the disney garage i didn't get it back in a good state because mechanics were actually rubbish but thematically it was really good oh god (laughs) amazing cool so should we begin with our uh first impressions yeah so we've got two two games we're going to chat about um today quickly and um even more specific than just a space theme they're mars themed yes that's like true actually the nearest planet indeed indeed it's quite exciting um so first up we've got a game that i bought on the personal items forum off of work which was great called pocket mars um came out last year it's um a very very small 20 minute card um card game where you basically each have a ship and you're trying to move colonists from Earth to your ship and then put those colonists onto buildings on Mars in order to score points. Quite simple, quite cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite a quick little game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, enjoyable. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. think of other things to say about it. <laughs> so uh, Mars has already got uh, buildings on it in, the, in this game, so it's already kind of got like a central construction hub and then it's got like a, a science lab and a place that makes energy and a place that makes like more people and things like that and water maybe one i can't remember um environment and then you're basically got a deck of projects that you kind of draw from each time you've got cards in two cards in your hand two cards on the table which is like your prep lab that's the word prep lab isn't it prep module prep module yeah your little prep two, so two cards in your hand two cards in your prep module and they have different effects depending off you play the card out from your hand or out from your prep module and they can be all sorts of little tiny things. The ones that you play from your prep module when you like build them onto Mars itself and like put new buildings in these sort of grand lab things. And that's when you get to move your colonists from your ship onto the buildings, which is quite cool. I like shuffling the little colonists about and you get like different victory points if you have a colonist in each building or four colonists in a one building and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the game? Well, I quite like it because I've won both of the games that we've played of it so far. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good little um, a good little game. I kind of think the the, the kind of artwork on it is quite simple, but yep. nice. You know, it's quite nice and small and portable. So a nice little well, nice pocket game. Hence the title. It is, yeah, pocket Mars, and it plays one to four as well. I've played the solo mode and lost heavily, and it's quite uh, a good. It's quite a tough solo mode as well. No, I'm yet to play the solo mode, but I've enjoyed the the couple of games that I've played with you so far. I do like the different ways you can play the cards and the decisions of like do i keep it in my hand do i play it from my prep module and kind of get the different effects yeah the dual use cards quite because it makes that deck almost twice as big with the different effects you've got of it which is yeah. quite nice yeah which not That's actually not good. many too many games do to be honest have dual use cards we don't really own many games that have 
cards with multiple uses like that, multiple actions on them. Yeah. So it's, it's quite nice. For quite a small game, it's got a pretty good amount of strategy to it, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, it it's really not does. Too doesn't. light. It's kind of got a bit of um, bit of weight there. Yeah, you it? do have to kind of come up with a plan, a good sort of plan, quite quickly, and you don't get much information on what cards might be coming. I mean, you see the color of the next card that you'll be drawing, which is always good. So, like, if if I play a card, I know that I'm going to be picking up a green card next into my hand or prep module. So you can mm-hmm. kind of plan around it. Um, there's some cool tactics with the numbers and how you can settle colonists on Mars. Each building has a special ability so that, you know, you could maybe put a colonist in one building, but later on use an ability that means you can shift that colonist to another building. Mm-hmm. So it's quite cool. It's quite a little tactical, I guess, on the strategy, but it's, yeah, it's, it's got yeah, a lot of depth for a little packet. Yeah, so, yeah, good game to take away some. And it cost, cost like a fiver. Yeah, which is great. Bargain. You bought... Um, terraforming mars to add to our collection it's certainly a game that's we've seen and heard a lot about on the internet and i think with good reason yeah so it's it's been out for about two years now i think it's 2016 it came out with i mean it's kind of created by a guy who's basically a scientist that wanted to make a board game about mars it's very scientific in the way it goes about it basically it's a sort of card drafting engine building area control game for again one to five players um you each have a unique faction there's about 15 or so in the box and your aim is to play projects, terraform Mars by increasing its temperature, its oxygen, and putting water down on it. And once Mars is terraformed, you kind of calculate all your victory points you've got. So there's kind of a, a semi-cooperative aspect where you're trying to terraform Mars, but then also the competitive bit where you're trying to do it the best, I guess. Yeah. And contribute the most to making Mars a, a place to live. And it's been really cool so far, I think. You're in agreement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Quite I enjoyable. love it. I really, really love it. It's it's weird where it looks complex and big, but it's actually fairly easy and accessible to yeah. get to grips with. I, I, that completely blew me away in that respect because I was a bit apprehensive about playing it as something, uh, I mean, we'll cover it a bit more later, but spacey theme games are not usually my jam, yeah. really. Um, and I was a bit apprehensive about fact it looked like a game that was like really complex and there was going to be a million rules to learn but actually the reality of it it's i found it very fairly simple to learn but yeah i was blown away by kind of how simple it was and how much fun it was as well like I, yep. there's no games where i thought oh this is dragging on a bit because it's quite a long game yeah it can be and i think it obviously will get quicker the more you play it but yeah yeah it can take a while because there's no exact end round um you might for instance delay the terraforming of mars in order to get more victory points so there's a chance yeah, you know, it could never exactly. end if you really don't contribute towards it but. and i love all the different strategies and such that you can take all the different kind of pathways to victory yeah it's great and you can and it's about being kind of flexible and adaptable unlike great western trail where you can kind of go right i'm going to do a builder strategy today in this you've kind of got to be a bit more flexible and responsive and I quite like that. I mean, at the same time, you can still have like a specific way you want to win. Like yeah. in my last game, I think I went quite heavy on like the Jupiter themed cards because I had quite good kind of stacking uh, victory point bonuses on. And so that was kind of my my pathway I was trying to sort of push for. But I was also combining it with other areas and kind of city building because I was, I don't remember the name of the, the corporation, but... Uh, I was very much in the steel and yeah, you were the building, building, yeah, yeah. <laughs> building um, corporation. We've only played one game with corporation so far, haven't we? But we yeah. we really enjoyed that because we did the the sort of basic one with the basic corporations for our yeah. first one. Um, but I do like what the corporations add to the game. Definitely, they're 
Yeah, it's great. It's almost like having your own sort of civilization in those sort of my games. As you know, you've got these bonuses. I mean, you choose two. You draw. You you dealt two, and you choose one of them at the start of the game. And it's great. There's a lot of variety of different bonuses. Some of them just give you like small production boosts, or and others give you like really unique actions that no one else can do, and how you spend certain resources, or they make doing certain things easier, like making greenery and stuff like that. And like you said, the strategy comes out of the game as you play it. Once you draw your corporation, you've got an idea of where you might go. But you also might go somewhere completely different, <laughs> yeah. which is really cool. And you know the basic things. So yeah, it's, it, building cities is really good. Putting a lot of greenery down is really good. Obviously, claiming those tiles on the board, which give you bonuses, is quite cool. Yeah. But because the project deck is so randomised, and you only see four cards each turn, really. Um, yeah, I think it's really strong as a two-player game as well. Because I know with Great Western Trail, we've often wondered. Oh, I wonder what that's like with more players because. You do feel like, oh, the board would be busier and such yeah. and such. But here, it's never something that I really actually think about too much of what would it be like with more players. I'd enjoy it with the amount of players that we have because yeah. there's there's some amounts of player interaction. So it's not like the most sort of interaction-heavy game, is it? It's just no. the occasional kind of asteroid you might fling at each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I, I like it and because then obviously I imagine with a lot more people it's a lot slower and it's already quite long yeah it would take with two three players. four hours with more players absolutely absolutely and you know I, I like the length it is at the player count it is yeah. and I think it just works it works really well with two and also you've played a, a solo yeah, game yeah I did one well. solo game lost miserably but <laughs> it's I mean it's, I know it's got all the reputation on things yeah. like Borg and Geek for being a cracking solo game absolutely. and it really is because it's one of those games that it's not just a beat your own points thing. You have to like terraform us in 14 turns to win and then you see how many points you've got. So it's quite interesting how it does that. And it's set up perfectly mm-hmm. for that. Two players is great. It's got really subtle error control mechanics of the board as well as really cool way you play yeah. cities and things. Because I know that's been an issue we've had, we had with photosynthesis, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Was that area control, but when there's two of you, there's it's, it's just really too, much, yeah. too much space on the board. Same goes for Bunny Kingdom a little bit. Yeah. You're not really got that issue whereas i think the size of the board as it is you know it's it feels it feels good where we say great great western trail is a bit empty because you you hardly feel the building spots and you can usually dodge the other people and don't pay but that one does it quite well i feel though in how it limits the uh oh yeah it does limit the workers that worker area of the board it kind of yeah controls how many turns you have in a two-player game which i think is quite good and i yeah i still feel like that's a good two-player game but i feel like this one's yeah, it's just Very really good. cool how it all sort of builds out and, and things like that. And uh, Although, I mean, the, the slight side is, yeah, maybe there's quite heavy randomization what projects you get, but I think the game gives you enough variance and options for dealing with that. Yeah. You can you can just draw four cards each turn and keep the ones you want, get rid of the ones. You can do the card drafting where yeah. you draw four cards each, um, either buy one or discard it and then swap hands and do it that way. So you see a few more, They're it takes out, a bit yeah. longer, but you see more cards in the game, which means you can plan your strategy a bit more. Hate draft a little bit as well, I guess, if you were being that competitive. But that probably brings the strategy more because you're seeing like yeah. seven cards, eight cards each turn rather than just four, which we've yet to try. We might incorporate that into the game okay, next yeah, time, maybe. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, and all the different factions as well, there's different bonuses and how it all links together. It's just, it's really emergent sort of engine building game, which is really fun. Yeah. I think the only real criticisms I have of it are the, it's the quality of, of the components and the pieces and the board and yeah so what specifically for me definitely the i feel like the little plastic cubes are all right mm-hmm. but the ones that represent the money um certainly on our bronze ones like the corners are all chipped 
like so the paint's sort of starting to come away there yeah. so that's a bit disappointing for a game how much roughly is uh, it was like 50 50 yeah you kind of expect more and also the player board is essentially card isn't it it yeah. doesn't it, and for the amount of stuff you're putting on it in terms of a lot of it depends on you know you're putting a cube on a number to represent how far up the track you are and on something like that like a shiny piece of card slips and slides all over the place you could really do with something that's kind of got indentations or something to put it on and like lots of people have come up with custom player boards in yeah. that respect haven't they or like inserts which and... are about the same amount of the game itself exactly so that's kind of a slight frustrating bit and um kind of on that same length as well the artwork although it's not it's not that bad but i mean i don't know because some people probably quite like the the photo style on the cards and the cards are very informative but i i feel like it's a bit genericy stock photo like oh i don't know i just thought it could be a bit more yeah it's not overly polished it's very functional so i mean the tags and stuff at the top of the cards and info i think works absolutely fine and i love the kind of informative side of things and the fact that the rule book's kind of got all this stuff in about you know the science behind it you know this is a game that is really built on the the science and i kind of like games that are a bit informative and yeah and i described in my review as kind of playing a strategy game with just a slightly dodgy ui um Mm. user interface so yeah the the playboards where the cubes can move around isn't great but for me, I allow it because the game yes, is actually... And it's, if you look at the actual player board, that's absolutely fine. Because yeah. everything is kind of fine on there. It's, it's, it's your individual player boards. Yeah, but but if you I look just, at Mars, Mars looks fine, I think. Yeah, but for £50, it should yeah. have a bit more longevity to more. it. Because as it stands, I can't see it holding up to lots of use, which I imagine this game is going to get because we love it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And that kind of frustrates yeah, me. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, sure, we could replace it with alternative components, but... Should you have to? I don't yeah, know. I yeah. guess. And I, obviously there's app support already out for this game that you can pick up for oh, your right. phone and stuff like that where you can keep track of all your... Instead of using oh, your cubes. Okay. Um, I don't think it's official app support, but I think um, there's some apps out there already so you can keep track of your income and your cubes yeah. and stuff like that. And it automatically calculates you know, it as well. Yeah. So that's there oh, um, like for those that don't it. want to look at the board. But it's fun to... No, I like cubes. pushing cubes around as long as, I mean, we haven't had the disaster yet yeah, just knocking everything flying, which is no. quite good. It's just a slightly ropey way of doing it. I think the actual Mars board and how things look on it is fantastic. Mm. Um, that's great. Oh, that yeah, the Mars the board itself is great. I love yeah. it. Um, and I'm really excited to add more expansions to it. I think there's already been Absolutely. three. So I think there's a Venus expansion, which adds a Venus terraforming board to it mm-hmm. and a slightly more complex main board. And then there's the prelude one with um, sort of changes to the setup and makes the game a bit more... I think it makes the game shorter, but a bit more of a change in the setup. And then I think there's another one. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that the new one, isn't it? I think coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's three already. And there'll probably be a few more. Should have done your research. I should have done my research. <laughs> there's plenty Poor anyway. Form. Well, I can't really get into it too much because I'll just end up spending money. <laughs> Cheapskate reviewer me. <laughs> but um, Top Game, I think, is definitely one of our high, most highly recommended oh, ones, yeah. especially yeah. for uh, uh, Tucson playing it. Um, I, I think it's wonderful that player shot up the ladder for me in terms of my top 10 yeah you know it's probably pretty much up there yeah at the top so. i'm still a bit undecided on what the the top one, the top one. is whether it's quite there yet considering we've only played it twice <laughs> um but it's definitely up there and i can see why it's a top 10 on so many other people's yeah top 10s yeah you know with good reason and i look forward to playing more of it in the future absolutely any games that you kind of want to try out coming up 
I mean, the big one for me next month is X-Wing Miniatures Game Second Edition, oh, which is coming yes. out. So I've got my conversion mm-hmm. kits for that. Brilliant. Good news. I really want to... I've been wanting to get into a not collectible card game to spend money, but I'd quite like to play one with you and see what your thoughts are on them. But they cost a lot of money that way. But Keyforge is one where you don't have to actually buy packs. There's no randomization to it. You just pick a starter set, and then if you want to add a new deck, you buy a new deck, and that's just a deck. You don't build decks and stuff like that. What's the theme? Kind of like, almost like a fantasy sort of magic type. Okay. It's not space themed or anything like that. Uh. You're, 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 you're trying to forge amber to build keys. But oh, the, okay. the cool thing is that that's you cool. don't, it's not like a deck builder, so you don't pre make decks out of lists and put it all together, stuff like that, and you don't collect random packs. Um, you just buy a unique deck, and that is it. You don't, just, just, it just comes okay. as a deck, but all the decks are random that you can buy. So there's no like deck building element to it. You just buy a deck and play with it, um, which I think is a much more cost efficient way of doing it. And it seems quite exciting, fun little game. Yeah. So I'm actually quite excited to maybe pick that up because I think that'd be a cool collectible cardium type game to have, but we don't actually have to collect any cards. So I'm quite okay. excited for Keyforge. Now that's quite cool. So, are you ready, Jamie? I'm ready. Because <laughs> we're about to play Girlable Gamer. Girlable Gamer. Is that our... Uh, that's a little sting for sting it. Sting yeah. for it. Great. I love it. So, I mean, our, some of our regular listeners are probably familiar with a little game that we play at this point that we call Gullible Gamer. Uh, but we kind of thought for one week only, let's let's mix it up a bit and uh, sort of reverse it. So this time Jamie's in the hot seat. And on the top, on the subject of themes, I am going to tell Jamie five different Monopoly themes. But yeah, so your goal is to spot the fake Monopoly game amongst this the five, following five. Okay. Okay? Yep, I can do it. Okay. So, uh, yeah. You feeling confident? Uh, yes. Good. Okay. I don't want to go to jail. Oh. Well, number one, Coronation Street edition. Now you too can experience life on the street. Travel around the board buying properties from Britain's best love soap. Will you buy Elliot's Butchers? I say, will you buy... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you almost did it. I say, will you buy Elliot's Butchers? Was that good? I like it. Or would you rather be pulling pints at the Rover's Return? Ah. Okay. Then, number two is... Okay, hang on. Is Gallipop... Hang on. Gallipolopoly. Gallipolopoly. Okay. Um, which uh, is all about the World War One battle for the Dardanelles, uh, also known as the Battle of Gallipoli. Uh, then we've got <laughs> number three... Sunmade Monopoly, which Sunmade is yeah. those, those raisins, little yeah. ra- oh good you do know okay oh, yeah. little raisin boxes. Them. So yeah, Sunmade, the world's favourite raisin, and Monopoly, the world's best-selling board game, have teamed up to create something distinctive in the dried fruit world. Then we've got Monopoly Cheaters Edition. Uh, so where the goal is here to uh, fake a die roll, uh, steal money from the bank, and just not pay your rent. And there's plastic handcuffs that chain cheating players to the jail space. <laughs> and then lastly, at number five, we've got Monopoly The Office US. So this version of Monopoly takes you to Scranton to collect property from the beloved show The Office. The Monopoly game includes hilarious collectible tokens like a Dwight bobblehead, the bacon grill, Pam's candy dish, Michael's best boss mug, Princess Unicorn, and a beat from Shroot Farms. Excellent. So I'm going to go through these. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheetah's edition I've heard of, so Have I know you? that is a fake. Yeah, 
It's, if you get caught cheating, then you go yeah. to jail. But you, if you don't get caught, then it's all... I've, I've heard that. Coronation Street Monopoly, I'm fairly sure, is also a thing. So I'm pretty sure that's legit. The other three, that's freaking weird that they all exist. Um, so the Office, Coronation Street, and... What a weird theme, isn't it? Um... I'm going to say The Office 1 exists. I'm going to say The World War 1 exists. I'm going to go Sun Made Raisins as the fake one. You are incorrect. Gallipolopoly is the odd one out because it's a Monopoly game that's a fictional one in a Simpsons episode. (laughs) (laughs) Alongside, Uh, I think, the other ones in that Simpsons episode were... um, Crab Apple... Yeah, there's Crab Appleopoly that they pull out and there's also Gallipolopoly. Wow. Nice. You bested me. Or, like, the, or the Simpsons bested me. The Simpsons <laughs> probably bested you because I was like uh, trying to figure out a fake game and then I was like, ah, the Simpsons has a fake game that I will steal. Oh, I see. It's actually quite hard to come up with a fake Monopoly game because there are millions and millions <laughs> of them. But some of them, are the, those are really weird, aren't they? There's a Monopoly Serial Edition. I got really excited then. I clicked, uh, I looked into that and it's just Serial Monopoly as in like it's a, a serial oh. that looks like Monopoly style pieces I mean, which I thought was quite I mean, cool that sounds good but um, I'm excited to, uh, I'd like to try Mario Kart Monopoly because yeah. that sounds pretty fun I know the Game Edition got a lot of hype and then Mario Kart came out and apparently that sounds pretty cool Yeah, you can shoot people in front of you and stuff well, well, how did you know about Monopoly Cheaters Edition? because I'm, I'm plugged into the Matrix I know some things <laughs> I knew Coronation Street Monopoly existed oh as well, yeah that was so. that was there as the kind of the obvious <laughs> yeah yeah, no, no. Do you like my northern? I know things. I do, I do try and follow board game news as it comes out. I think Monopoly Cheaters came Even out. Even Monopoly news. Well, it just comes up, doesn't it? It was good. It's a fun concept, to be honest. It wasn't just like your regular product time Monopoly, it was changing it about a bit. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I did, yeah. You, you got one over me there, so I think we're tied to two all now or something like that. Or Yeah. Overall. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we're so. including that in the official yeah, ranking. The official standings, uh, yeah. Amazing. Yep. Yes. So then. On to our little discussion-y bit of the, the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Are, we, are we doing tunes for all of the bits now? No, no. I just think we should get some stings. Just me singing randomly. Okay. So yeah, now we're just going to talk a little bit about themes, aren't we? A little loose discussion. Loose discussion? <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounded horrible. <laughs> I'm so I, sorry. I, as far, I mean, you, at the start you said we were going to discuss loosely, so this is now the a place where we discussion. have the loose discussion. Okay. So, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? How important is theme to you, especially kind of versus mechanics, so to speak? Theme to me, yeah, I think it's quite important to me. Um, I like to, I don't like it where a theme is almost pasted on and you know the game could be almost about anything. Yeah. Um, which is can be sometimes be an issue i guess an example of that would be the first century game we played spice road yeah uh, that to me could have been about anything you could have been making cars and collecting parts to make cars you could have been stealing hats and then trading those hats together hats it just felt rather like that whether compare that to eastern wonders when you're moving about on a map with a boat trading things in a group of islands which felt much more applicable. Yeah, it felt like a mechanic that was much more suited to the Spice theme, Spice Road it? felt I was okay. trading cubes for other cubes and giving them to slightly weird-looking people on weird-arted cards and trading up on it. And it didn't feel... It felt that that could have been about anything. And Eastern Wonders felt actually you were moving around on a boat delivering things to ports and other islands. Um, I think that's fair, yeah. So that's like where I'd sit on the whole theme thing. Yeah, well, this is just it. I think, yeah, likewise for me, I think a good theme is really important. 
um but not at perhaps the cost of the mechanics of a game like a a good theme's not necessarily going to make a game with bad mechanics good no. is it no. um they both they're both you know on a scale i guess they're both quite important yep. the theme absolutely is something that's more likely to lure me into that game in the first place yeah. like pique my interest um because for me themes that i love are kind of like detective crime ones i quite like those sort of themes because i think they yeah. mesh well with board games and kind of deduction and planning and kind of feeling clever and smart kind of fits in well with the notion of playing as like a detective i feel yeah. like Absolutely. you kind of it kind of meshes quite well other themes being um I never considered myself usually to be very interested in kind of fantasy themes, but I think it's something I'm getting more and more into yep. in a way, um, especially since I started listening to Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed I'm kind of a bit more in line with that now. And so now, you know, whereas when we first played Lords of Waterdeep, I was a bit kind of like, meh, about the theme. Yep. Whereas now it makes a little bit more sense. Now I know what like an owlbear is, for example, <laughs> kind of mixed those different elements quite cool although i still think again with that theme that might be another game where it could literally be absolutely water deep could be anything that is a pasted on theme yeah whereas you know compare that to champions of midgard where i think the theme and the the placement kind of we've not yet played it but i feel like those two things kind of fit together a bit more and make more sense thematically yeah um but yeah certainly for me so like yeah i'm excited to try out games like role player and stuff like that now whereas before not that interested and also we've played legacy of dragon Hulk now and i enjoyed yeah. enjoyed that no it's not so much a theme per se but i enjoy kind of games that have a sort of narrative element i don't know if that's yeah. strictly speaking a theme though yeah it's I kind think, of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, well, it's a mechanic yeah oh okay yeah so it's more of a mechanic which makes theme. things like detective things and fantasy things like role playing yeah that's the mechanic they use which makes sense so sherlock holmes consult detective that is a perfect bit between theme and mechanic because you are looking at the day's papers and you are having these encounters with different people when you're travelling over London in a map to solve a crime. That's that's a perfect. Whether Sherlock Holmes 2 to 1 be Baker Street doesn't necessarily do the same thing because it is more of just a cryptic clue type Yeah, it's cryptic clues, roll and move. Exactly. Where the consultant detective feels much more like your Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I think one thing... I, I'd have a look at mechanic theme wise is what um cannot remember his name for the life of me the pandemic um, mechanic and how that's been used for other various games mm. and so I think he's that system with the cards and epidemics which comes up in I guess base pandemic legacy Iberia Cthulhu um all those ones plus Forbidden Island um from Desert Sky where you've got that deck with the yeah things it's brilliant so you basically you basically got a a mechanic that quite easily can work in any sort of escalation type encounter games so yeah. when floods again worse or aliens are taking over the world that sort of thing yeah and so i think they've got a, and again i i'm sure he probably had that pandemic theme to start with but quite easy that mechanic could have come across and go oh this will work really great for an outbreak and then you could do a flood with it <laughs> and then yeah. all those sort of things and i think they i think they work quite well obviously they're much more puzzly games but i think that is a really great interpretation of mechanics in and theme there and he's been able to spin that out into different things but none of them feel pasted on because they do fit that natural escalation of disaster and crap happening to you on the board quite well so the flooding um the iberia one with the flu epidemic 
Cthulhu with the monsters invading you. They feel like it should be escalating, and that's what that mechanic does quite nicely for it, I think. Yeah. What about for you? Would you say there's any themes that you find yourself particularly drawn to in particular? Uh, I'm quite flexible on the theme. I don't mind playing all sorts of games. Um, I quite like having a bit of a thinky game, I guess. Mm. So if it's got a bit of an engine build or a bit of strategy to it, I quite like. Um, I've quite liked... I quite like games that you can think about. So X-Wing, for instance, is a game I think about between... So again, games, then, but again, that's quite really, mechanic-y. that's more about that's mechanics mechanic. then. So and I guess I probably am quite mechanics-based, I'd say. Um, you know, if My Little Scythe was really, you know, an, a crunchy engine builder, which I'm sure it's not, but... <laughs> you can make... Is. Yeah, except Bunny Kingdom, like, for instance, you know, it's yeah. got some good mechanics in there, and I can kind of ignore the theme and enjoy it. I wouldn't... I wouldn't go and play a game called Bunny Kingdom without knowing anything about it, but if you tell me about how it plays, I'd go, that sounds cool. And then you say, oh, it's about bunnies. I go, I don't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be a game That's about bunnies. Interesting. But if you tell me, oh, let's play Bunny Kingdom, I go, no. If you tell me, let's play a game where you have to do some aero control and you get points for building these little sort of towns and villages across the board, I go, okay, yeah, let's play it. And then... Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Because I think out of the two of us, I'm the more likely to be put off by a game by its theme and be a bit like, oh, oh, I don't know if that sounds like it's kind of my cup of tea. But then I find that I can quite often be then very surprised by a game that's not necessarily what I thought it was. I think what I'm trying to say is I can kind of be a bit judgy, I think, about themes of games. Like, for example, Patchwork. When I saw it mentioned I think it was a sharp and sit down thing and I was kind of immediately like a bit like ooh kind of you know it looks a little ugly and Mm. immediately you were kind of (laughs) I I, I felt so bad because basically Jamie had got me patchwork for Christmas at the time I didn't know this obviously and uh yeah I just kind of like described it as kind of an ugly looking game and then he kind of rushes in like going okay can you open this christmas present now because i don't know whether to send it back or not basically and then i opened it and i felt like the worst human being in the world because i was like oh no it looks so good like it really because it really does i'd heard so many good things about it as a theme it doesn't sound the most exciting thing and this is even as someone that likes sewing and crafting and has got pieces of patchwork in the other room that's actually because i wanted to make a patchwork quilt yeah. at one point i haven't really completed that though <laughs> but as a theme that works well with the mechanics of that game but see. like do you think it would still work as a game without that theme well i'm um, obviously those sort of games the rugsburg trilogy is almost making of those games they're all quite similar so the mm. theme is a bit tacked on but i think it works for those bits yeah. um I'm, I'm more inclined to say we haven't played the other games i'm more inclined to say it probably works better for patchwork than it does the garden ones and things that he's made after that but, um, I don't know, I think that that could... Well, that's because, again, we've had discussions about Baron Park before on the on the podcast, but I think that works well in the idea of kind of having a zoo with enclosement... Enclosement? In... Enclosures? Enclosures. Enclosures for the animals and stuff and kind of formulating that into... Like making a park on a board. I think that is a theme, you know works quite well with that but then you, you I guess it's because I guess patchwork you literally got these little patches that you might find in you know your sewing box and you're patching it together Baron Park if if I want to install a bear enclosure I don't need to conform to a weird three by one with a little thing on its shape I feel that again that could have been a different it's, it's actually fine as it is works fine but I think that's where I mean that could be a bear park that could be an amusement arcade that could be a a zoo that could be a, a car dealer showroom <laughs> yeah it's not necessarily it has to be about bears but the patchwork feels like you are sticking the patch together 
Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting whenever I look at binary games the first thing I intend to do is read the rule book yeah because um, I'm very much more invested in how it works and things like that rather than cool this is you know Jurassic Park I love Jurassic Park I go well really? look into the rule okay, book and I, I'd look into the rule book first because I'm much especially if I'm buying a game I'm much more inclined to see how it works and if I'm going to get along with those mechanics than yeah not. see whereas I'm, I feel like I'm a lot more immediately drawn into the theme but again I still I do take a lot into account I don't just go oh that theme sounds good I'm going to buy it yeah. you know there's a lot of care that goes into if I'm buying the game I need to know as much as physically possible about yeah. it and read about you know half a dozen reviews yeah. I've always been about that from anything like god forbid me trying to buy anything on Amazon like from like I don't know mugs to yeah. batteries or something like yeah. that you know I mean that's a really really weird choice of things I don't think I've ever bought <laughs> mugs or batteries on Amazon but I will read the reviews okay. <laughs> and I've always kind of been very careful about that and you know so therefore the mechanics kind of do come into play and I like to sort of hear about what the experience of playing a game is like before I buy it because for me I think that's absolutely because yeah. again not necessarily a mechanic based thing but I for me I love games because of the stories that they tell or invoke you know when you go oh my god we played this game last night and you know x y and z happened yeah. or uh we all played this at a games night and it was hilarious yeah. you know but I like the stories that games yeah. tell and I think there's quite strong links I think between narrative and theme and it's why I think I was so disappointed with Robinson Crusoe because I thought, oh, it's going to be great because it will tell these great stories because you're surviving on a an island and do you choose to do this or choose to build a shelter or do you go and hunt an animal? But in reality, it never quite worked out like that. It was never me kind of going in my head, this is a story I'm forming. Whereas, again, we've talked about this before in our last episode, I think thematically in Eldritch, I always feel like, oh my God, but then so-and-so turned out to be in a dark pact and they had to sacrifice themselves to do this yeah. or even in pa- pandemic you know yeah. you go oh like we had a legacy game last night where one of uh, my characters ended up getting a scar kind of just to do that last bit that would win the game and i kind of love those 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 moments and i think certain themes don't necessarily lend well to that yeah one thing i did want to kind of raise well, do you think there's kind of some themes that are a little bit overused? Um, overused? Oh, I don't like, know. like for example, kind of zombie games and Cthulhu and Lovecraft. Do you think they're overused? Um, yeah, I, I guess. But they, I mean, I guess they have their place. Um, zombies. We've never really bought or played many zombie games, and I think that might be a bit tired, depending on. And they don't seem very diverse group of games either. They all seem fairly similar. And. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly perhaps not a theme we're necessarily drawn to. But, I mean, I, I really enjoy... Uh, we played Last Night on Earth. Yeah. I think that's that's quite a good mm-hmm. summer's game. One I've been really wanting to play is Dead of Winter. But again, okay. this is another game you can't really play with the two yeah. of us that easily. Um, I think you can technically play it, but yeah. you don't have the whole um, kind of betrayer yeah. aspect in it. But I think that one appeals to me more because that one's not even necessarily so much about... The fact it's a zombie game but it's about like surviving in that kind yeah. of pressured tense environment and that's where i think the zombies in cthulhu are popular themes but they're they're popular in kind of popular culture for yeah. a reason yeah. because of the kind of fear and undercurrent in it all those kind of the issues they raise like that's why i like the walking dead telltale games i like the fact that it pushes you to make difficult choices yeah. in those things and i think that sort of lends itself well to board gaming where you often have to make tricky choices yeah um things like i 
like for instance, I'm not a massive fan of dudes on a map game like Blood Rage or Rising Sun things like that because right. I feel that's been done to death. And I, I mean, they don't really appeal to me those sort of games. And whether that's thing one again, mechanic, is that I don't yeah know. mechanics? Um, but I feel there's a I'd load a bunch of those sort of games that just haven't really interested me. Whether that's just because they're not probably don't work very well two player or not, I don't know. But um, those yeah. sort of things where you're just pushing a bunch of miniatures around a map and there's five of you and this is they don't massively appeal to me. And again, that might be because possibly the theme it's that sort of game is so everywhere that the themes would feel pasted on each time. You could just be playing any of those games at once and I don't know. Maybe that's the case with those ones. Um Yeah, I, I, I can I kinda get what you mean there and I think I think there's certain themes that put me off. Less like I again, I also am not huge on the concept of how dudes on a map type thing. But any themes really that kind of have almost like a violent undercurrent or a colonial kind of okay, yep. game. So that's not a theme that I, that I find those sort of themes quite off-putting. Mm. I would, it's not something I, I don't want to, I don't want my fun. Do you see what I mean? It's not like. Yeah, no, there's a consideration to give the, the ethical thought to some of these yes. games. So there was favelas that came out this year where you were just piecing together pretty coloured buildings, forgetting that they were Brazilian slums. Um, those sort of games yeah. definitely worth it, those considerations that, that, yeah that's a whole kind of minefield isn't it because some games handle it well and they're there to kind of question make ask those hard yep. questions like this war of mine it's kind of garnered a lot of response for how it handles that theme because it is a dark theme yeah it is yeah but and it, that's tricky for me because it's like even though yes it's got all this kind of positive reception about how it handles the theme and kind of pushes the, the limits um, of that, it's still not necessarily something I'm going to want to play. Yeah. And But conversely, I think um, kind of a board game that's going to be coming out, uh, it's the uh, Troubled Life of Billy Kerr, okay. I believe it's called, which is about the man on his deathbed at a hospice or something, and you're right. kind of there with him in the, kind of the last few days. I think that, again, is another interesting theme that if done correctly you know it has the opportunity to really do something a bit different and make you think about these issues again i guess it ultimately depends on whether you're playing games purely for fun or you know exactly. what, if why they're, you're if playing they're games. At that statue of popular culture where they're making think piece games now in a way that you know you can get indie movies hollywood movies that mm. give you a bit of stuff to think about are games of that level where they're telling those stories absolutely they are they clearly are sort of doing those things and I mean that's probably a good place for board gaming to be in to be yeah, honest if I think it's good that if we're that. in the industry that can afford to make these think piece arty type games with you know actual things to say about society and culture is quite interesting for board yeah, games and probably great. a really relatively recent phenomenon and I just we'll see if the industry can sustain it I guess did you say phenomenon phenomenon oh I thought it was a nom phenomenon phenomenon on that yeah. note if you've got any thoughts about themes and themes and mechanics and how they work you can always get in touch with us yeah we'd like to hear from you so yeah you've been listening to a competitive couple with uh, me Charlotte Collins and uh, me Jamie Chard Jamie Chard like chocolate vegetable yeah yeah cool um, but yeah so please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, leave a review if you can even if it's just a, a sentence or even just one word uh, you can follow us at a competitive duo on Twitter to uh, witness my socially awkward tweeting and follow us on a competitive couple on Instagram to see those uh, board games 
work it on the catwalk that is our table. Uh, and we've also now got a Pinterest, Jamie. I did not know that. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, yeah, if pinning's your thing, go check that out too. Uh, we'll see you next month and look out for some reviews coming up this month. Uh, we've got Terraforming Mars landing and maybe a couple more, depending on how busy I am at work and if I can write some reviews without my boss looking. Oh, that's so bad. You can't say that. What if your boss hears? She won't. Okay. She's not into ball gaming. No. Anyway, bye. See you bye next bye. time. The music in this podcast is all courtesy of Kevin McLeod at IncomTech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons. The track used in this episode was Oblivion 